welcome to the second season of our triune pod we are still preparing you to praise join me the reverend nick comiskey and the reverend bendy hart for a conversation about low-key theology lived experience and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the psalms we hope it's an inspiring maybe a bit irreverent but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some god time Welcome to our Triune Pod with Nick and Ben. Nick, it's February. It's cold. How you doing over there in Raleigh? Yeah, I'm all right. It is. Um, it's been a it's been a tough week. It's Tuesday, February first, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, but uh, how <laughs> are you, so man? Tough, Nick. No, I, I just act like it never happened. Um, that's my strategy of coping. Uh, what is uh, your life going? I mean, not your life, but like ministry, man. How are, how's ministry in Birmingham? How are things going at the new church? Any like highlights? I'm sure folks that listen to this podcast. Everyone who listens to this podcast does it because they care about us for some weird reason. The content we're delivering is not the the vehicle, right? So what's like, give us some highlights, man, folks who aren't in active conversation with you. Yeah, man, it's been really fun. I mean, they've they let me dive headfirst in the deep end. So I preached a couple days after getting here. Dang. Pretty much all the services. Are the, I, uh, do yeah. you, are you preaching? I mean, you're, it's still so early, but like, it's such a different milieu. Do you feel like you're just same approach? Like not, you know, that you don't need to change really. You're just you. Yeah, so far. I mean, they had the Northerner preach on Martin Luther King <laughs> Sunday. So I was like, <laughs> is this a test? I'm not so sure. Totally. But um, but no, no, I'm so far. I think I'm I'm just kind of doing my thing. I've I mean, there's you know, allegedly twelve hundred people to meet here. So and that's very different than Calvary St. George's, which is like between two and three. So it's one of those deals where I've met some people three times now feel awful about not remembering their names, but everyone's been so gracious. In fact, they, they let me lead a service that I'd never been to before. Uh, we oh. had two services going on at the same time. One's a contemporary service. So I had never been to the contemporary service before. And they're like, Oh, you should celebrate. You're young. Um, yeah. So yeah, you'll, you'll get the hang of it. It's the same everywhere. Right. Um, so what's one, errors, but we're what's, good. what's one thing you love about the culture of the, uh, the old South and what's one thing you're still getting used to? I mean, everyone is incredibly hospitable. I feel like that's a cliche, but I have been over 10 people's houses for dinner already. It's like, I kind of, I might have to reel this in. I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of burning out early, but it's, it's been really fun. It's been a great way to get to know people, great way to get to know people's names. Um, and it just, yeah, like people have just embraced me for no good reason other than that their interim dean has been like, he's a good guy and I don't know. It's like, it's a little bit different in New York and that I think people are immediately rooting for you and trust you. Whereas in New York, I think it took me, and rightly so, it took me a little while to earn the trust of the people there. And uh, you're, a here, young, just you're a so lot welcome. too, you know? True. It's true. All right. What's and, one thing um, you're, uh, yeah. you're still getting used to? I'm not asking you to criticize <laughs> oh, your boy. new home. I'm just saying like, yeah. what is something that's different yeah. that you're like, oh, I'm not used to this. Like in mm-hmm. Raleigh, I feel like people just drive really slow. And it, well, I have, you know, you mentioned that to me yeah. a week or two ago, and that is definitely the case. People are leisurely drivers here. People will kind of stop and talk to somebody on the side of the road and it's hard to get by them. And you realize very quickly that it's not like New York city. You can't honk and uh, especially not yeah, the long honk. Totally. You know what I'm talking about in New York. 
uh, if you honk here, it's like, what is your problem? You better you're like, you're, um, yeah, you better have a pistol. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to end in a gunfight. <laughs> also just, uh, I mean, <laughs> Birmingham people, I'm, I'm recording this at 4 PM. My, my brain's a little gone. So forgive me for this. Um, but what I'll say is New Yorkers are all about brevity of speech. And I will say people are leisurely talkers. Yeah, like someone will well. talk to you for three minutes. You're like, I don't think you've said anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> Could you clarify? Like, yeah. Um, I asked for what time it was. Like, why are we yeah. still talking? Yeah. I mean, it's it's very endearing. And I actually have a, a colleague, like my, my friend Brian here, who is the, like, I don't know what he is, the chief of staff or something like that. And I, I enjoy hanging out with him every time. But I'm like, man, we we spoke for 20 minutes and that could have been in three. <laughs> well, I hope Brian's maybe not it's about I hope Brian's maybe it's about, listening to this pod. Yeah, you know, but maybe I'll I'll come around. Maybe it's about like, you know, hanging out. It's not about an agenda. You're this New Yorker who's all about the hustle. It's time to chill out, man. So yeah. um, but that's definitely something I'm getting used to. That's great. So that yeah. said, put down that. I thought, down I thought that, you were about to speak. Put down that. Our <laughs> listeners can't see, but Ben has like a very mysterious red Dixie cup that he's drinking Gosh. from during this podcast. So, what's one thing you're getting used to? All right, um, go for it. Psalm man. 138. So here we go. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name, because of your love and faithfulness. But you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the kings of the earth will praise you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. They will sing of the ways of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, he cares for the lowly. He perceives the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. The Lord will make good his purpose for me. O Lord, your love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. All right, Nick, fire away. Well, this psalm, as uh, the first verse indicates, is a psalm of thanksgiving. Uh, And I just want to start right there, as a matter of fact, because um, I think we root expressions of thanksgiving primarily in this nothing wrong with this primarily in a like as a an an emotive like performance like i feel thankful i'm going to give thanks and the and it's kind of as an end in itself you know you're trying to convey something that you are feeling namely gratitude or whatever adjective you want to use but um some commentators i was reading um you know are not against that but they, they they draw out that the the there's, there's maybe a better way to translate this opening verse. And can I just read? A, uh, hopefully this will make sense. Um, the Hebrew word, uh, the verb that is translated, give you thanks, does not properly equate to our English word, thanks. The verb means to know, and because of its particular formation in Hebrew here, it has a causative sense, which means to cause someone else to know. In other words, the verb should probably be translated as teach or make known, or as the Old Testament theologian John Goldingay has translated the term, to confess. Uh, And so it's almost like what the psalmist is saying here at the outset is like, I will bear witness, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the other gods, I am going to testify 
to what you have done for me. And then the rest of the psalm is an enumeration of his testimony. And I have some thoughts about that. But any any opening response to that notion of like, it's like we kind of, we blunt some of the kind of prophetic nature of this psalm if we just reduce it to a feeling of thanksgiving. And he's more like saying like, God has done something for me and I'm going to bear witness about it. And here's what God did. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, no, I actually... I mean, I feel like that kind of changes the the tenor of the psalm. So yeah, right yeah. There. Well, it's, as you think about it, you know, because there is this audience, you know, he's not giving thanks in his prayer closet. He's giving thanks before the pantheon mm-hmm. of other deities, and yeah. he's basically like there is a um, there's almost a pejorative element to his praise because he's implicitly critiquing the other gods out there by mm-hmm. testifying to that which the Lord has done for Whereas him. Whereas I might have called to them but they didn't answer Yeah, call to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He has totally, totally. Yeah. And this is somewhat of an artificial division that you just do when you lead Bible studies and give talks on scripture, admittedly. But I think you could understand what he gives, what he testifies to as um, that, what he testifies to is like two different types of things. And one of those things is the unveiling of God's character. There's a lot of language here. You know, I will praise your name. Um, because of your love and your faithfulness, there's this sense of the glory of the Lord being unveiled. God's love endures forever. There's this sense of God's character that has been impressed upon the heart of the psalmist. And he is, you know, testifying to who the Lord is and how God has turned to him. You know, that's that sense of the name of God is not the label of God, right? It's God's revealed character, like Hebrews, I not Hebrews, Exodus 34, like the Lord's, I will cause my name to pass before you. It's like a more, it's a rich sense of God's presence. Um, but I think the more concrete thing and the easier thing to talk about is this notion of deliverance. When I called, you answered me. Uh, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies your right hand shall save me. And so it's in, in essence, uh, the psalmist is, is, his reason for praise is deliverance. When I called, you answered me. That's, I mean, that's, and that just seems to go right with what comes next, right? Not, he's, he's been delivered. And so his expectation in light of this ascribing to the Lord publicly, yeah. letting them know that God has delivered him all the kings of the world now are going to essentially join in this ascription or, or, or praise. And I find that mm. really fascinating. Yeah. It's kind of hard to know. Like, uh, I mean, it's, it's easy. I mean, we have all we've been given is the final form. And I think we both don't really like Bible studies that try and get behind that and try and re like kind of put back together or try and get behind the process by which this Psalm came to be. But like, I, it is kind of curious, like, what is he talking about here? <laughs> like, you know, like that one individual Israelites deliverance is going to change the worship patterns of the great Kings of the earth. Like that's patently not true. So like, I just, I don't really understand what's happening here. I can, I can like, I can read it in light of Isaiah 40 and say the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and the nations will see it. And maybe this is referring to the deliverance of the Israelites from exile. And as Christians, we can read this as the unveiling of God's glory in Jesus Christ, by which the kings of the earth came to 
to the baby and brought him, you know, like the three wise men. So I, I yeah. yeah, but it is, it you is. You think in light of the final form, we're supposed to read it as this is a personification of Israel or the personification of the people of God. Uh, you, I think you know more about that than I do. Is that, is that the right way to Oh, no, it? I mean, like that, I mean, it was an honest question. I mean, I, just, just reading this. I mean, I've done a whole lot of research on this. Yeah. Like <laughs> but, I'm just um, reading this for the first time on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm just reading listener, this, <laughs> but it's like maybe the second, third tops. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I, I see here. It's like, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe like, a before that reached its final form, this was, you know, a, a, a king of Israel. Um, maybe it was yeah. an individual but it seems to be this personification of the people of God or mm. personification of the leader of the people of God, namely the king, the Lord's anointed. And because he has been delivered, because the people have been delivered, and yeah. he's just proclaiming this. Um, it is, and it's bold, right? All the kings of the world are going to Yeah, too. no, it's cool. It's powerful. Yeah, I mean, what it, what it gets to is how... These and, and this kind of connects the two elements of the psalmist testimony that I kind of artificially divided is that the salvation of this individual Israelite, um, when I called, you answered me, not us, um, but it is a vehicle for the glory of God to be unveiled, you know, the glory of the Lord. And so it's not just an expression of thanksgiving in a kind of uh, individual sense, like, oh, Lord, thank you so much for what you've done for me. I'm so grateful. I want to testify to what you've done for me. But there's this recognition that God's deliverance is a vehicle for his glory to be revealed that will cause others to see and marvel and wonder, you know, and I don't, I have to admit, and I think this is just a, a reflection of my own brokenness. And <laughs> I, I, I'm not, do you hear, here's a, here's an honest question. How motivated are you by the like glory of God? Yeah, no, that, that kind of Reformed Baptist John Piper thing. Yeah, like, like doing like, it. For I the... knew I was supposed to be like pumped by that, or like the yeah. end, like you know, before a book, at the end of an introduction to God alone be the glory, or yeah, like, in Latin yeah. or something. And, yeah, so yeah, I know so it was supposed to feel that way, but yeah. uh, I don't know what that means. I know. Hit me where I live. I, I kind of agree. And I think, again, I think that's a biblical idea. So it's the totally, problem. Totally. The problem pieces is not, of work. We yeah. are pieces of work. <laughs> the problem is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't an, a polemic against living for the glory of God. This is a, a, a frank admission that, that that never had a lot of juice for me. Like you Glorify know, God and enjoy him forever. I like yeah. the last part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I definitely like, I do like Piper, actually, because I like that notion that God is glorified when we're satisfied in God. You know, that has totally. like, you know, ego in it, which I like. Yeah, I remember. You got your back up because we said that, guys, don't worry. We're, we're not saying it's not right. We're just saying we're not holy. <laughs> I, I have this very vivid memory when I was in Kansas City of, it was like, I don't know why. It's the most, I don't remember what the series was. Maybe it was just a lectionary text, but it was, I was preaching on some text from like middle Isaiah, like in the, somewhere in the 40s. And that's obviously a major theme of that section of Isaiah. And I remember trying to talk about that, like, yeah, you know, how the glory of God is that kind of funds our, our service. And, and I remember someone literally after service came up to me and they're like, yeah, that was a good sermon. Like, I don't feel like you really believe that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, you're true. I mean, I, I, I think that's not, that's not fair. All right, last maybe, thing, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe we evangelicals need a little bit of like, well, sometimes we don't believe it, but we got to tell it to ourselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just because we don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Um, or that it's not, it's not in the Bible. Ideally you believe it, but fair enough. Yeah. What about, let's okay. One last phrase. This is just an add on, but, um, that, that second clause in verse four, when I called, you answered me, and then you increased my strength within me. The um, K 
King James version, it's great. You strengthened me with strength in my soul. And it's this notion of like, well, one way to interpret it is this, you're praying for a, a stretchier soul that can accommodate more of God's presence. And I think, you know, it's that it's like Ephesians 3, 16, when Paul prays that God would strengthen you in your inner being through his spirit, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith. I don't totally know what that means, but I think what it is pointing to is what we're ultimately giving thanks for and what our ultimate deliverance is, is not in and of itself some material deliverance, though that's great, but it has to do with our inner worlds and God's strengthening and making us more virtuous people, I, I suppose. I don't know. What does that, what does that phrase do to you? Hmm. Oh, that, that one did not really strike me, but uh, you put it like that. It increased my strength within me. Is this like, you know, Jesus has made me go to gold's gym kind of deal, but I don't think it's that <laughs> soulful gold's gym. Um, yeah, the gymnasium. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, this is pure speculation, but is it increased my capacity to thank and trust you? Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, out on my end. well, I mean, what I was thinking about, you know, this morning I was meditating on the Psalm and it was like, okay, it's Tuesday, man. I got a lot of meetings today. I'm already pretty tired. Um, I'm my, my heart is broken <laughs> by a, one of the worst collapse, second half collapses I could ever script. And, uh, and it's like, you know, as abstract as not abstract as kind of non somatic as this sounds, the idea that God would walk alongside me and through his spirit kind of strengthen me from the inside out, like fortify my emotions and mind and will such that I would like be a vehicle of grace and kindness to other people, not like judgment and irritation. Like, I think that that does play, you know, that sounds very platonic, you know, strengthen my soul within me, but I think it actually means like be able to be present and kind to other people and not just instrumentalize everyone because like you're so drained. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 It's like kind of like a perpetual heart transplant or just like, or or maybe our, we have a a new heart that's given to us Mm. and yet we're running on empty a lot. And and we, we kind of, you know, just by sheer gift at times, I find myself altruistic or this or that, but not, not even just like for the instances, but just for, I mean, maybe this is like supposed to be our prayer every day when, <laughs> when you're, you do have like all those meetings are coming Tuesday's my meeting day too. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, how do I be patient with folks? <laughs> how do I be patient with the people who could have said that four times as quickly? <laughs> yeah. Um, but enough. you know, the, the natural atom of me is just like, no, thanks. Yeah. I know. Uh, again, peace of work guys. I know. Yeah. So we need to get stronger in our souls and be more enraptured with the glory of God. And with that, we'll pray Psalm 138. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name because of your love and faithfulness. For you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the kings of the earth will praise you, O Lord. When they have heard the words of your mouth, they will sing of the ways of the Lord that great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, he cares for the lowly. He perceives the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. 
He stretched forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. The Lord will make good his purpose for me. O Lord, your love endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.